It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. I... Bryce Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. 705 on the Blitz 1170. Coming up at 730 this morning, Garrett Emick from the selloutcrowd.com. We'll talk to the guy who writes for them and get kind of their story about how it got be- uh, how it began and see how he's doing and get his thoughts on some basketball around Oklahoma. As we mentioned, we'll have more coming up, including Cliff Kingsbury has decided where he's going to go coach. We thought it was going to be with the Raiders on Friday. Guess what? It's not. There's probably a pretty doggone good reason he's going to go to Washington because you may go on why the Raiders would be a better deal maybe not we'll let you know why when we come up in the meantime time for us to do this day in this fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time it's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170 brought to you by Triad Eye Institute now grabbing the back of a jeep while on his skateboard it's Bryce Hulse This day in sports history, February 5th, 1913, the New York State Athletic Commission bans boxing matches between fighters of different races. 1919, charges against Cincinnati's Hal Chase of throwing games and betting against his team are dismissed by National League President John Heidler. Two weeks later, Chase is traded to the New York Giants. 1921, the New York Yankees purchased 10 acres of land in the Bronx. The Yankees will use the land as the site for their new park, which will be called Yankee Stadium. 1960, Bill Russell grabs 51 rebounds in the Boston Celtics' 124-100 victory over the Syracuse Nationals. Russell is the first player in NBA history to pull in 50 or more rebounds. 1969, Vince Lombardi becomes part owner, VP, and GM and head coach of the Redskins. 1978, Fred Newman makes 88 consecutive basketball free throws blindfolded. 1987, E. Michael Burke, sports executive and president of New York Yankees, the Knicks, and Madison Square Garden, passes away at the age of 70. 1989, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar becomes the first player to score 38,000 points. 1990, Notre Dame bucks the College Football Association and becomes the first college to sell its home games to a major network, agreeing to a five-year contract with NBC beginning in 1991. 1991, Howard Stern kisses the New York Giants' Leonard Marshall's butt over a bet. Stern lost lost claiming the Giants would lose the Super Bowl. 1997, O.J. Simpson found liable in the deaths of Robin Goldman and Nicole Simpson in a civil court action. 1998, author Tom Clancy confirms he signed agreement to purchase Minnesota Vikings for slightly more than $200 million, an NFL franchise record. 1998 as well, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding talk on Fox. It was taped on December 22nd. 1999, Patrick Roy at 33 becomes the youngest goalie in NHL history to earn 400 wins when he makes 26 saves in the Colorado Avalanche's 3-1 win against the Red Wings at Joe Louis Arena. 2006 Super Bowl 40 at Ford Field. Pittsburgh wins a record-tying fifth Super Bowl, its first since 1980, with a 21-10 win over the Seattle Seahawks. And 2017 Super Bowl 51 at NRG Stadium in Houston. Tom Brady leads one of the greatest comebacks in sports, let alone Super Bowl history, lifting New England from a 25-point hole to the Patriots' fifth NFL championship in the game's first overtime finish. The Patriots scored 19 points in the final quarter, including a pair of two-point conversions, then marched relentlessly to James White's two-yard touchdown run in overtime, beating the Falcons 34-28. to
What a comeback! Birthdays today, February 5th. 1934, Don Cherry, former Canadian hockey commentator and a host of Hockey Night in Canada. 1942, Roger Staubach, Hall of Fame Cowboys quarterback. 1943, Craig Morton, former Cowboys and Broncos quarterback. 1947, Daryl Waltrip, American motorsport analyst and race car driver. 1953, John Bayline, former University of Michigan basketball coach and Cavaliers head coach. 1968, Roberto Alomar, Hall of Fame Blue Jays and Orioles second baseman. 1985, Cristiano Ronaldo, world-renowned soccer player. 1986, Ryan Webb, former Marlins pitcher. And 1992, Neymar Jr., Brazilian soccer forward. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. And he is Bryce Hulse, doing it magnificently at 7.09 here on the Blitz 1170. I don't want to get behind another break, so we're going to go ahead and take this here. And we come back, we'll have not sports. And boy, do I have a lot of not sports you're going to really enjoy. And then coming up at 7.30 this morning, it'll be time for us to talk to Garanimi from selloutcrowd.com. It's a Monday drive to work the weekend after a pretty good college basketball weekend. Great one for Oklahoma State. And if you're an OSU fan, I'm certain that you're A, happy, that they were able to win without Bryce Hall, uh, probably Bryce Hall's, without Bryce they Thompson. They to win without me. Yeah, That's, I know. It's uh, tough, isn't it? Pretty tough, huh? Without yeah. Bryce Thompson. However, probably not going to set you on the road of, hey, everything's fine. Let's move on down the road. But if you have thoughts about this team holding together, I give a lot of credit to Mike Boynton on this. You know, a head coach has a lot to do with this. After Thompson went down, the way things had gone, they could have fallen completely apart. Instead, they went on the road and played really well. And yeah. got contributions from a lot of people. If you have comments, we'd like to have it. 918-262-5072. That is our Unropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line right here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. Welcome to a Monday. He's Bryce. I'm Rick. And this is the Blitz. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. It was a long road, but the Oklahoma City Thunder were eventually able to take care of the Toronto Raptors after two overtimes, 135 to 127 last night. The Thunder overcame a 23-point deficit. Josh Giddy scored 24 points, his best game in a while. SGA had 23, and Chet and Lou Dort each had 22. Oklahoma City will be at Utah tomorrow night. And the Washington Commanders have filled their offensive coordinator vacancy as they'll be hiring former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury had just backed out of a possible deal to have the same position with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's the Wind World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our the Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Love to have you on it here at 715. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Coming up in just about 15 minutes, Garen Emig from Insider, of the uh, pardon me, selletcrowd.com. We'll have him explain all about how that got started, and then we'll get his opinions on some sports, including those Oklahoma State Cowboys. All right. Right now, though, we had to move it because we're a little bit behind. It's time for not sports. So let's get into some things that just aren't sports. You kind of like, you know, cleanse the palate, if you will, as Jeremy likes to say. You know, the Grammys were last night, and one of the things that happened was a performance that, you know, I thought was really cool. I didn't realize how long it had been since Tracy Chapman had performed Fast Car. She hasn't toured since 2009. And, you know, Luke Combs had a hit with it, brought it out and covered it. And she appeared last night with Luke Combs. And here's how at least a, a little bit of that went.
And so they performed the song together last night, and at the end, the place just went crazy. They got a standing ovation that lasted, you know, quite a while. They showed Taylor Swift having her moment last night during <laughs> during the thing. At the end, they showed Oprah. Everybody seemed to really have a wonderful time with that one last night. And the coolest thing about that was just seeing the fact that, you know, she had a chance to come back and do that again after not doing yeah. it for so many years. I thought that was really cool. So in case you didn't see that. All right, some other Grammy moments last night. Uh, things like Album of the Year went to Boy Genius for the record. Uh, let's see what else. Janelle Monet. Uh, for the age of pleasure. I mean, there was some... Uh, Taylor Swift actually won, though, for Midnight's. Record of the Year went to Miley Cyrus for Flowers. Song of the Year, Billie Eilish. What was I made for? Best New Artist was Victoria Monet. Uh, what some other things? Taylor Swift got Best Vocal Album. So you just keep going down the list. There were a lot of good winners last night. Had a couple of moments with winners last night as well. You, of course, can find that entire list just about anywhere. Uh, we know about the passing of Carl Weathers, but I didn't know whether or not you had heard um, Sylvester Stallone and his comments about it afterwards. And I want to play that for you here. It's just a little bit over a minute. It's Stallone on social media. The passing of Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. Hello, everyone. Today is an incredibly sad day for me. I mean, I'm so torn up, I can't even tell you. I'm just trying to hold it in because Carl Weathers was such an integral part of my life, my success, everything about it. I, I give him incredible credit and kudos because when he walked into that room and I saw him for the first time, I saw greatness, but I didn't realize how great. I never could have accomplished what we did with Rocky without him. He was absolutely brilliant. His voice, his size, his power, his athletic ability, but more importantly, his heart, his soul. It's, it, it's a horrible loss. And I'm standing here in front of this painting because it was probably the last moment we were ever in the ring together, and I'll never forget it. He was magic. And I was so fortunate to be part of his life. So, Apollo, keep punching. He got really emotional, as you could tell right there. Of course, as I said, Apollo, his er, he played Apollo Creed, which is really arguably, I don't like even arguably, his most famous role. Mm-hmm. He was Action Jackson. He was in Predator. He was in a lot of other action movies and always fun. He had played in the NFL for the Raiders. The Raiders gave him some really good tributes over the weekend as well. He was 76 years old, and it was a sudden death. You know, he was in those commercials with Gronk leading up to the Super Bowl for yeah. the big kick. You know, because he's in the Mandalorian too. Now they've got yeah. to replace him in the Mandalorian because he had a pretty good, pretty good role in the Mandalorian. And I did not see a cause of death. I just saw no, it suddenly at seventy six. He seemed, you know, he was in Happy Gilmore. That's how Lindsay knew Chubbs. him from. Yeah, yeah Lindsay said, "Hey, Chubbs died." 
You know, yeah. And, yeah, that's right. You know, and it, 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 I thought Stallone, Stallone really was having a hard time keeping it together. It was, it showed that how close they were. And I, I went back and listened to a little um, of uh, Action Jackson this morning, but there's not a lot I could find <laughs> from it that we could actually play because there was some, <clears throat> some language in there. But uh, always a really fun movie, I thought. At any rate, I thought that very sad and wanted to at least pass that along to you. I thought this part was interesting. All right, so... <clears throat> You are of a younger generation than me, obviously. I have a list here of some things that baby boomers, which is, you know, kind of me, still spend money on that millennials, Gen Z, and others do not. I'll see if you agree, right? It says here, baby boomers still pay for cable. You know, yeah. that's partially true. Uh, you know, like uh, my you know, my in-laws still, buy, still have cable. They refuse mm-hmm. to have anything else. We passed that a long time ago, personally, but still pay for cable. Then that's probably true. It says landlines. I don't know anyone with a land. Do you know anybody? <laughs> I don't with know anybody with landlines. Okay, if if and this is a question, if you know somebody with a landline, please tell us nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. I would love to know. I don't know a single human with a landline. My family got rid of landlines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had probably be uh, seven or eight years ago. Yes, us too. I mean, yeah, haven't had them in not years. Not very recent. <laughs> do you remember your phone number? Yes. Yeah, I do too. That's what you'll use for certain passcodes and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. Uh, Print media. Now, this one I know to be true because Bruce Howard, my broadcast partner, he still gets he still gets the Tulsa World. Mm -hmm. He loves holding a newspaper in his hands. Doc Mowerman, before he passed, still got the Tulsa World. Mm -hmm. Loves holding a newspaper in his hands. Um, I use I get the digital copies. Right. That's what I prefer. And but that's true. I know that I I understand that people still get some kind of print media. My father-in-law still gets things at home, still gets magazines at home. He gets consumer reports. Thank God he gave me his password so I can get to the website (laughs) and use it, which I do before we're going to buy anything. I can see that being the case. We don't. We don't have anything that comes to the house like that anymore. Well, I get dive magazines because of my association with diving, but I didn't order them. They just come to me free as part of my um, greeting cards. My mother-in-law sends a greeting card for every holiday, everything, every situation, still does greeting cards. I have to admit, we, that a bit. we do a little bit of that, you know, but mostly Christmas. I do send some thank yous right. and things like that. Sp- here's one. Specialty home appliances. I find this really interesting because I used to watch uh, Good Eats with Alton Brown. Mm. And he was one of those who always said, never buy anything that only does one thing. It, that mm. he calls them unitaskers. Okay. Never buy anything that does one thing. Buy something that does multiple things. And I, I get that. I kind of agree with that. So whatever that individual one thing, I mean, some things like a can opener, just opens can. I get that. But yeah. it also has a bottle opener at the other end if you don't have twist offs these days. Mm. So I mean, at least it does more than one thing. And I thought that part was really pretty interesting. <laughs> things like okay, a little little hand mixer, a twenty, you know, little, you know, that kind of. I thought that was that yeah. part was interesting. Larger vehicles. Sometimes Ooh. that's true. I do get that, too. Uh, more inclined to purchase, sp- like, spacious SUVs, those kinds of things, and in-store shopping. Although I did see a note that in-store shopping had a really big bump among what is today's, the lo- I mean, there's Gen Y and Z, but what is the latest one? Um, I don't know what the latest one, yeah, because I would be Gen Z, yeah. so I'm not sure exactly what comes after that. Well, apparently your group, Gen Z, okay. are now starting to shop more in stores. So do you? Mm- yeah, yeah. I've I've all, I've never really had an issue with that. There's been very few things that 
I'll do like online for. But right. it's definitely become more popular when you think about grocery shopping and even things to that extent that are uh, online. Now. Yeah, we still, you know, COVID forced a lot of, I mean, forced everyone home mm-hmm. and it did change the way we live. We, you know, whether it becomes to movies or, or shopping or groceries or that kind of delivery or people, you yeah. know, DoorDash. You know, I, I, one of our family members mm-hmm. DoorDashes easily three times a day. Now it's yeah, nobody. Just, it's not no. us. It's not us, and it's not Delaney. It's not my son. It's my wife's brother. One of my uh-huh. wife's brothers and their family. Three, two to three times a day, DoorDash comes to their house, which I find mind blowing. But those kinds of things. It turns out though that your group is shopping a lot more in stores. Nature's right. healing. A brand new number one song chosen by brides and grooms for their first wedding dance. Now, for years and years and years, it was one thing, and then it got bumped. So recently, up until 2020, well, up until 2022, the most popular first tune for brides and grooms, not dads and daughters, that kind of brides and grooms, was Ed Sheeran's Perfect. Yes. Right? Right. What do you think it is now? Mm. Let's take a wild guess. Uh, oh, gosh. I just went blank. Another Ed Sheeran song. Just something else. You're gonna. You're, it's gonna be talk just about all, isn't it? It's Elvis's "Can't Help Falling in Love with You." <laughs> it's a good one, which is from about 1956, uh, I believe. Man, yeah, maybe quite, quite a throwback. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit later than that. I'd have to go back and actually look <laughs> it up. That doesn't surprise me. I am a little pleased that it's that it's something a little older, quite honestly, and I think it's cool that it's Elvis. 1961. Uh, 61. Thank you. All right. Uh, wow. Taylor Swift's number was number three with "Lover." Uh, Growing Old With You by Restless Road, Thank God by Kane and Caitlin Brown, Joy of My Life by Chris Stapleton and Etta James at last. I can see that. Yeah, I can see at last. That was I thought that was really cool. Um, and really good too. Study finds if you sleep with your dog or cat, you don't sleep well. According to this study, you don't sleep as good, you move more, you're gonna wake up feeling more tired. So, you know, if you sleep with that dog, that cat, I'm just telling you. And I'm talking about a real dog or cat. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> no stuffed animals. Just, oh. just wait around for like a couple of months. We might find another study that will say sure. the exact oh, opposite. I could find one right now, I guarantee you. I just <laughs> pass the stuff along. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay. Uh, a study at Griffith University in Australia okay. found a link between picking your nose and dementia. Mm. Which mm. leads me to believe they're going a little too high when they do that. <laughs> That maybe they're a little too deep, if you, you will. You actually can yeah. pick your brain. Little, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, all those times when we had to take those COVID tests? Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, we yeah. had to do that. Right. Traveling with the University of Tulsa when Bruce and I were still one of the only four or five guys who got, before I have tra- um, broadcast teams who got to travel with teams, uh, we were, I was tested, I think, 37, 38 times that year. Oof. Well, not that year from late August until early December. Because you had to be tested to, to go on the plane. You had to be tested once you got to the site. You had to be tested to get back on the plane. Yeah, that kind of thing. Goodness. So we were tested quite a bit, which is, I get, I'm, I'm not complaining. But they did, you know, that stick went way up your nose. So maybe, oh, yeah. maybe that, I wasn't picking Auto, it. Automa- <laughs> automatic tears every time. Yeah. For me. Uh, you, you know, occasionally we get these stories where you find something odd in a garage sale or something like that or in your house or you're remodeling. Well, uh, this cold, this, this estate sale found a Cold War nuclear weapon. Now, it wasn't tipped anymore. The The nuclear weapon was gone, but they did find the actual rocket that would have been used to launch. I don't know how, first of all, I mean, those rockets, we think of them as being really big. Not all of them right. were. 
So I don't know how somebody ended up with that. <laughs> but can you imagine if you are going through an estate sale and what you find is a nuclear weapon? It's a nice antique. It is that. It is definitely that. Makes a good lamp. Yeah. Just don't get too close and don't let the you know don't use an old fashioned bulb. It gets too hot. Mm. Uh, the nuclear weapon part had been removed. A uh, judge in New York City has recused herself from a child custody case. Now, the reason she choose, recru, re, pardon me, recused herself was the interesting part. Turns out she had messaged the mom who was in this child custody case during the divorce on a swingers app. Ooh. Saying something about she loves thick girls. Hmm. Yeah. Is that is that a conflict of interest? Uh, it seems to be. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially, I didn't go any further in the story and I don't want to know anymore quite honestly I just thought that part was something you don't hear every day yeah why why did the judge remove herself ah she was you know she's trying she messaged the lady on a swingers app well uh, yeah well, how happens. she knew she was on there and all those kinds of mm. things is uh <clears throat> the thing that uh, I thought was a little bit unusual <laughs> uh let's get ourselves some birthdays shall we because there are a couple of people especially when it comes to the celebrity type people that I think you'll probably recognize Laura Lenny you knew who that is sounds familiar did you watch um for instance love actually oh yeah I've seen her okay she was the you know the young man who was in the in the home for a mental disability or for some kind of being dis- disturbed and disrupted, mm. and she was you know and Laura Lenny was his was his sister, plus worked you know in the office and was after the Italian guy. She's uh, sixty, believe it or not. She actually did Ozark, a lot of stuff. Too. Did Misty? Yeah, she was in Ozark, Mystic River, The Squid, Whale Beach. Um, uh, <clears throat> Lorenzo's Oil, The Truman Show, you name it. She was in all those things. Uh, Darren Chris from Glee. He's a heck of a, heck of a performer. He's 37 years old. Uh, Barbara Hershey, who you might recognize from something like, oh, Hoosiers, uh, when she was the teacher in Hoosiers. Christopher Guest, who I will forever not forgive for marrying Jamie Lee, who's my heartthrob. Uh, <laughs> he's 76 years old from This Is Spinal Tap, Best in Show, mm-hmm. all those spoof movies. You know, my favorite of those is A Mighty Wind, which I think is really funny. Uh, Michael Sheen, uh, Masters of Sex, uh, uh, Midnight in Paris. He is, um, let's see, I think uh, 60, no, he's 55 today. Tim Meadows from SNL is 63. Chris Parnell from SNL is 57. Big, big day. Jennifer mm. Jason Lee, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, Twin Peaks, all those, 62. Uh, let's see here. Dark Shadows, David Selby. Is eight, 83. Holy cow. You mentioned Staubach, right? The yeah. other stuff. Yeah. So uh, musically, let's see here. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Uh, Al Looper is 80. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> that's how you know you've it's moved It's always along. a fun segment right, for this. This will get you. Kyle, or, pardon me, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver, their bass player, 60. Holy cow. Mm. 7.30 on the Blitz 1170. That's going to do it for Not Sports. And 918 is an Rapid Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody with a landline? That's our question this morning because we had a, an interesting note about that. All right, we're going to come back with Garen Emig from selloutcrowd.com. Get his comments on what's going on in sports around the world. Find out about that group and how they got started and how you can find his work. We'll do it next here on the Blitz. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
Tomorrow night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be in Houston to take on the fourth-ranked Cougars. The Pokes are coming off a 75-72 victory over Kansas State. It's their second conference win in three games after initially starting 0-6. Javon Small had 18 points. Freshman Jamiron Keller added 12 off the bench. The 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be hosting the 22nd-ranked BYU Cougars tomorrow night at the LNC. The Sooners came up short on Saturday in Orlando against UCF, 74-63. Sooners only shot 37% from the field, but Trey Darthard led the team with 14 points. And the Oklahoma City Thunder eventually took care of the Raptors after two overtimes, 135-127 last night. Thunder overcame a 23-point deficit. Josh Giddy scored 24 points, his best game in a while. SGA had 23, and Chet and Lou Dort each had 22. Oklahoma City will be at Utah tomorrow night. That's the One World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather, provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always do. Also in our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of, clinic, tre- treatment clinic of Oklahoma. Text line, slow down, Rick. Uh, we'll do that at 918-262-5072. And thanks to them for being with us. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. I'm talking fast because I'm excited. I'm excited to have Garen Emig with us from the sellout crowd group. We're going to explain that and have Garen talk about local sports. Garen, thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate it. You got it, Rick. It's been a while. How you been? It is been a while. But there's been a lot going on in your life since that time, and uh, <laughs> I want I want to get to some of that as you giggle a little bit. I've said before, and I'm an unabashed uh, fan of Garen's. I was when he was in radio here uh, many years ago, and we had shows competing against each other. But quite honestly, I listened to him <laughs> uh, an awful lot back then. And then his days as a writer at the Tulsa World, where I thought he was magnificent, and he still is today with the Sellout Crowd Group. And I want to get to how that happened in a moment. But I want to first ask you a couple of questions about local basketball. For instance, nice bounce back this weekend for Oklahoma State. And after the loss of Bryce Thompson, a lot of people just kind of wrote him off. And I think, you know, gosh, not many people thought they were going to go up and beat Kansas State. Just your feelings on that game, how things went, and what Mike Boynton's doing in Stillwater. Well, hanging in as much as anything, Rick, everyone knows the challenge uh, that that Boynton faces not just with with his team it's a it's still a very young group he's sort of swimming upstream in the fact that um he, he does have transfers he's using the portal like all, all coaches are but uh not maybe as much as he should um in experience in a, in a conference as loaded as the big 12 will, will get you uh will get you in some trouble and uh, and i think that's what the cowboys are discovering so there's a challenge of the roster now especially without thompson uh but the, but the challenge in fan interest uh you you see wide shots of Gallagher Iba and you're just sad, right? Um at the at the sparse attendance at, at home games, including the one in which they beat Kansas State. And so there there are two things that a coach has to worry about when uh when he's he's got uh, questions about his job. Number one of course is production, the record, the ledger. Uh, but number two is what what the home attendance looks like, what the, the arena looks like. There are decisions that athletic directors make Based off those two things, a bunch of along with a bunch of other things, and so um, I think Boynton's hanging in. He's got a young roster that will get better. It's just a matter of how much patience uh, the OSU administration has 
for him to make that better. And uh, that, that is uh, the overriding factor in any game the Cowboys play the rest of the season. Yeah, that and that $9 million buyout, especially when they're trying to do all they're trying yeah. to do around campus. Sure. I think the, I get the general feeling he'll at least make one more year. What's your gut feeling? Here's what I would say. I, I, I hope that Mike Boynton coaches at Oklahoma State as long as he chooses to do so, just because I, I genuinely like him. Mm-hmm. I, I do. There are very few coaches I've, I've gotten to know personally uh, on, on the job. It's, it's a little bit harder to get to know coaches anymore because the walls have sort of gotten taller between oh, yeah. media and, yeah, and, the, and the guys who do the coaching. Uh, but Mike's one of the, one of the few who, who sort of allowed us to, to – and I'm not the only one who sort of allow us to, to leap the wall now and then and talk to him about things on and off the record related to not just his program but others, not just OSU basketball but basketball in general and even topics beyond that when things were getting tense uh, in, this, in this country. And so um, I, I'm rooting for him because he's a good man. And uh, if, we're, if we're going to say that we want coaches to win and positions are paid to, to, to do so, I understand, but there's also something to the, ap- the uh, aspect of uh, development of young adults, um, of presenting, you know, very positive images for a university uh, that says profile is Oklahoma State. So Mike does that almost to a T. And so I, I hope that, uh, that when the day comes that he no longer coaches OSU, it, it will be his choice, not anyone else's. I agree with that, and I understand where we are, though, realistically in college basketball. Like you just said, it's about wins and rear ends in the stands, which is a harder thing to do these days. Let's switch gears and go down to Norman where, you know, Porter Mosher's team, you know, just kind of on fire to start the year. They lose to UCF. They've lost, you know, a couple that are a bit of a head-scratcher, the Texas Tech. But, hey, look, it's a grinder of a league, and UCF has proven they can play in this league. Are you surprised – by the newcomers in the league playing as well basketball as they have outside Houston, who we knew was really good. Yeah, it, it's a little, it was a little bit like football season, right? We, we weren't sure what we were going to get with the additions, and I, it, I think it's fair to say, and maybe it's just a matter of more games and some more experiences, you adjust your clocks or whatever it is, your body clocks, to, to the new level of competition, but it's fair to say the basketball newcomers done quite a bit better than the football ones did back uh, back in the fall and <clears throat> that only makes what's already the best conference in the country better um and i a byu was always really good at home uh people who were who hadn't noticed how good the cougars couldn't how dangerous they can be at the marriott center are figuring that out cincinnati has the resources and the talent pool to be really good it's just a matter of putting that together it, those who follow the bearcats and the aac you know wondered when that would occur and it's it's happening sporadically. Probably needs to happen more often. But yeah, UCF I think is the biggest surprise. That it's a team that did not look good at all when the conference schedule started. Um, Johnny Dawkins, the coach there, appeared to be searching for some things, reaching for some things. And even a couple of weeks into the conference schedule, you really wondered, you know, where this was headed. And to his credit, to his kids' credit, they have uh, they've really turned the screws. Um, did beat OU, but even more impressive was their home win over Kansas mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And I think that was a um, pivot point for them for them for their season. So no, I'm not surprised Rick anymore in this league when anyone beats anyone else. It's gotten it's gotten to that point. It's it's that jacket of a league. 
Uh, but <clears throat> Oklahoma has, I think, to be a little bit disappointed about how disjointed they played yeah. and how they're not turning talent and offensive ability into results this late in the season. Yeah, and you know, and they're a team that is so, you know, gosh, if you look at them, you don't want to play them in, in any tournament because they're danger enough, mm-hmm. at, dangerous enough at any night at the same time. You just don't know where you're going. By the way, that was Dawkins' 300th win. Uh, against Tulsa, people are pardon me against Oklahoma. People not realize, you know, Johnny been around. He's not just coached there; he's coached mm-hmm. in other places and and done well. We'll get to more of your comments on football in, in a moment. Is there anybody else? I mean, Arkansas is a bit of a surprise to me. Now, I don't study them a ton, so going in, I didn't know. I knew ORU was going to struggle, and I'm I'm happy that Eric is bouncing back a little bit at Tulsa. Yeah. Although that was a tough one down there. Any of those three teams that have particularly surprised you in any way? I'm with you on on TU. I'm happy for for uh, Eric Conkle, who I I liked um, just from a standpoint of I, I think he was going to be good for for TU basketball, um, easy to root for, and uh, the fact that last season turned so drastically wrong was was a surprise, but just disappointing for anyone who's lived here as long as I have and knows what the importance of TU basketball has been to this community. You root for guys in that position. I mean, you just do because um, you're rooting for Tulsa to to sort of make a dent in the market, and it still feels like they're they perhaps have an easier way to do it with basketball than football. And so I'm just I'm just happy that they're um, they're they're winning some games that they weren't even contested a year ago. They're still running up against talent disparities that they did the other day with FAU. I realize that's that's the reality of, of Eric's situation. It's a little still early in his tenure to expect there to be equal footing in terms of talent, but they're competing harder. Um, he is adding some pieces. And so the sooner the TU gets back to winning, you know, 20 games and going to uh, NCAA tournaments, <clears throat> the better you feel just in Tulsa because TU basketball should should matter to folks around here, and it's yep. been too long since it did. I agree with that, no question. Gary and Eming is with us. You've known Gary from the sellout crowd stuff, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. When we get back to something you said about TU in a minute as well. However, here at 745, Bryce Hall has a question. Yeah, Gary, I wanted to ask about sellout crowd. Um, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's an entity that you know has gathered a team of many talented individuals like yourself. In terms of what attracted you to go and, and start that with them, what was it? Was it mainly just because of? I, I feel like it's a new entity that in this internet age um, is kind of transcending what media is going to be in the future. Do you think that it's kind of um, opening up a new world in media that you guys are doing? Oh, it's it's adapting to it. I would say, um, obviously, having been in print for so long, I can you know I can spend hours telling you the challenges that come with writing for a newspaper, a traditional newspaper anymore, and the challenges that have come with transitioning from the paper to the digital product online. And so to to have this be a solely digital venture uh, was attractive. It made obviously makes sense and you know where we are right now in terms of how we consume our, our news and, and and just all sorts of content, sports and otherwise. Um, but it was really, it, to your point, it was people that I knew and, and, and trusted and enjoyed working with over the years. Uh, we weren't all at the same place, but we were in the same press boxes, right? And so <clears throat> the opportunity to go to work finally with Barry Trammell and Jenny Carlson, two friends from the Oklahoma, and uh, Todd Lisenby, <clears throat> uh, radio friends in the Oklahoma City market. Um, I knew the two guys who covered OSU 
Ben and Sam Hutchins from their apprenticeship, if you will, at the Ocali recently. And, of course, Eli's a very close friend, Eli Letterman, the OU beat writer who I did work with at the Tulsa World. So it really was more the people involved, not so much the way they were doing, uh, the way they were going to present the platform. But the platform did have a lure, and now we've just got to uh, to make it work, like everyone else in, in, in sports media anymore. It's a matter of making it work, and that means a matter of, <laughs> when I say that, monetizing it, right? And so um, that's, the, that's the key moving forward. No doubt about that. Garen Eming is with us. He's with the sellout crowd group. He writes about all sports here in Oklahoma. I'm going to ask you right now about something you've written re- recently or done recently, and that's talking about Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl and all that. There's a thousand mm-hmm. you know, opinions about this out up there. They made you know some jokes last night on the Grammy Grammys. Uh, Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Trevor Noah said we're going to show a football mm-hmm. player every time we talk about her, and they showed Terry <laughs> Crews, right. you know, who was in Brooklyn Nine Nine and many other things. And I thought that was funny. You'd written about it lately. Just tell us a little bit about what you'd written. Well, the I actually did a podcast with Harold Koontz, a guy who used to be in the Tulsa market. Yep. I think some listeners may remember him at uh, KOTV, and uh, had him on. Uh, I do a weekly show called Mind Games. Uh, every all the writers have a weekly pod that, that we release on the network. And Harold was my guest last week. We talked. We talked a little bit about you know the, the Swift dynamic. I mean, he's covered the Chiefs up in Kansas City now. He used to be in Tulsa. Now he's at Fox Four in Kansas City and. His road uh, is, is a little, little starrier now, right? Instead of, instead of going to Norman Stillwater, he's following the Chiefs all over the country, and now they're off to another Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And you can't tell that story this year without telling, you know, telling about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and the effect it's had on the Chiefs. Um, so we talked about that a little bit. Jenny Carlson wrote a really good piece. It, she's, in terms of sellout uh, content, Jenny – uh, about a week or two ago, I think it was, tackled the issue of people being upset over Swift is, is, is uh, people showing sort of their uh, misogynist side. And I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that that's, that's, that's uh, pe- anyone who's up in arms over cutaways to Taylor Swift, and there aren't even that many, as Colin Coward put it so well the other day on his national radio show, um, they're really, I think, just insecure. And uh, it's it's not... It's, I don't know if they could name one of her songs, let alone one of her albums. And, and what you have is just this backlash that that uh, is is it's a, it's a reflex anymore, right? Um, Bob Doucette, former colleague of mine at the Tulsa World, talking about my time in, 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 news, in the newspaper here in the market, he put it well on the internet, Rick, the other day when he said that we're addicted to outrage, and that's that's a problem, right? Everyone's just got to be pissed at something. And uh, I think Taylor Swift is that focal point for about 90% of people get on social media and just want to scream as loud as they can. So I, I, I would advise people to just, if, if you've got a problem with it, ignore it. It's a five-second cutaway. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Patrick Mahomes. Throw into Taylor Swift's boyfriend, who happens to be the best tight end in football. Enjoy the fact that the Chiefs and Niners, even though we may be a little tired of their success, are probably going to play a pretty good football game this uh, this Sunday. So, soak it up, right? It's our last football game until what next summer, late next summer. Soak it up, enjoy it, and uh, and stop being addicted to outrage. That would be my message with regard to uh, <laughs> with regard to the world's biggest pop star and the world's most popular sport. That is a fantastic quote. Addicted to outrage. Yeah, I'll have to keep that one. 
We're uh, closing up here with Garrett Emig, a former Tulsa World writer now with the sellout crowd. Let's get to football. You know, you talked about mm-hmm. those newcomers coming in, and we have more newcomers coming in now. The Big 12 is going to look very different next year. A little insight on who you expect to perform really well out of the new guys, and what do you expect next year? Who's taking over the Big 12? This is something I uh, posed in, a, in another column, Rick, uh, if you'll allow me a chance to publicize it. It's when the schedule came out last week. It was last week, wasn't it? Boy, every day feels like three anymore related to college football, <laughs> even in the offseason. Um, I, I, all, I, all it took was week one of the Big 12 schedule, the first full weekend of conference games, I think it's September 21st, to realize that people who think they know something when it comes to next year's Big 12 conference, don't. It is, it's going to be nuts. Um, it, was, it was already pretty crazy uh, with the teams that, that we just had. And I know Texas ended up winning the league comfortably by, by how well they played down the stretch, but people conveniently forget that they went through a stretch in the midseason where they played four one-score games out of five. Mm-hmm. Didn't win them all, even they lost to OU in the Cotton Bowl. But that just showed that even a team as good as Texas, a playoff team, mind you, um, that was a trendy national championship pick coming out of the Big 12 title game, even a team like Texas struggled in this league. It's going to be twice as difficult next year because Texas is removed. Oklahoma has been removed. So the, the flag carriers are out. And you've got these four corner schools from the Pac-12 coming in that it's, it's a little bit like the four newcomers from a year ago. You have no idea what kind of impact they're going to have on this league. I, there's no there's no heir to either Texas or OU. The Cowboys have a have a shot to take that position, but do will they? I have no idea. Will it will it be Kansas State with Chris Kleiman sticking around? Uh, could a team like Kansas with Jalen Daniels back at quarterback and Lance Leipold building what he is in Lawrence? Could that actually be a, 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 a could a Kansas of all schools be a Big Twelve favorite going into next year? It's not crazy because the league is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait. Um, I, I think it's going to be just fascinating to watch that that thing unfold um week to week it's going to be insane to try to predict winners and it's going to be a headache for coaches uh who who have to answer to roller coaster rides uh for their fan base why can't you win more than two or three straight i don't think that's going to happen but for the fans for you for me writing about it talking about it it's going to be wonderful oh god yes there's no doubt about that all right a couple of things left here for garanimi from the sellout crowd before we move on i want to get you to i do want you to promote what it is you're doing and, and let us know where uh-huh. we can find it before we do that you made a, a, a comment a minute ago talking about eric conkle when you said it's going to be kind of better or easier if it is if you will for tulsa to be better in basketball than in, in football, basically. And I know what Kevin Wilson has done for recruiting. His, I mean, they, they keep moving up the list. It seems it's been really good. Explain what you mean by that, and why do you think it will be better, easier, if you will, for the school to be good in basketball? Well, because I, I think resource-wise, TU has challenges that you're more aware of than I am. Uh, but but all of your all of you know your audience, I think, is has a pretty good at least an idea, right? I mean it. The budget's different. The recruiting budget's different. The, re- the facilities situation is different to you than it is just about anywhere else among, at least in terms of football, FBS schools. And therefore, Kevin Wilson fights a much steeper battle. Football, in just in, in particular, is fighting a steeper battle because you, that's, that's where the concentration of power is occurring, right? I mean, there, I, I woke up before coming on the air this morning and saw that the commissioners of the Big Ten and the SEC are starting to talk about 
not so fast when it comes to the future of the playoff mm-hmm. in football because they want more teams with, with as they load up right on the best teams in college football. It, it's natural that the two commissioners of those leagues are going to want a bigger representation in the playoff. And so it, it's a concentration of, of wealth and power that, that I'm not saying it doesn't occur in basketball, but with, you know, 300 some teams compared to the, you know, the hundred something in football, right? You don't have the scepter of a separation as, as obvious as you have with the big 10 and the sec in in, in basketball, the number one team in the country. Last I checked is UConn, right? That's a mm-hmm. big East, right? That's a, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not sec. That's not big 10. So what I'm saying is if you're, it's not, it's not so much Eric Conkle has an easier job than Kevin Wilson. It's the basketball coach in Tulsa has an easier job than the football coach at Tulsa, no matter who that is yep. because of the realities of money, power, and the, and the ease, the relative ease with which you can, you can, you can have success in basketball. Whereas Kevin or any coach in football is really fighting it anymore. Yeah, no, it's going to be, and it won't be that long till we have the split that we all think is going to happen. Uh, the haves and have nots, if you will, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, I don't I, personally, Garen, I don't think it's, it's that bad because, you know, to me, High-level high football is fun, and there's no question. But competitive football is fun. If it's, you know, Conference USA in those days, it was fun when Tulsa mm-hmm. was winning conference championships, and they weren't playing in the SEC, but it was still fun. And it wasn't just Tulsa. It's others who have done it, and I, I think that's going to be kind of eventual. All right, so we know about Sellout Crowd and a lot of great, you know, content creators, as you'd mentioned. Tell us about your stuff and how they can find it. Well, I'm in the I'm in the network. Uh, selloutcrowd.com is the website. Um, nothing nothing original there, uh, but pop pop it on. Uh, fairly, I, I'm being biased here, but it's uh, you know navigations are, are pretty easy. You can get mm-hmm. to just about anyone who contributes to the network off that website. But uh, we all have our own individual sites from the uh, the flagship, and so I'm at garenemig.com. It, I, I wish I'd picked, uh, you know, I probably should have picked Bill Smith or Steve Jones, but I didn't when it came, when it came to a pen name a long time ago. So you're just going to have to uh, G-U-E-R and hope that the rest, you know, sort of follow suit on the, on the browser. But um, start at selloutcrowd.com. I've got, I've got columns. I've got posts. I've got podcasts. We all do at that site. Uh, we're, we're pleased with the response. It's been terrific so far. We, we just launched last September with the start of football season. Um, but if you haven't found us and uh, you're curious, uh, be be very very uh, touched if you if you at least give it a read and see what we had to offer. That's that'd be spectacular. We'll we'll get in touch with you from time to time during the year. We appreciate oh. your time. We're gonna put you on hold if you will. Bryce is gonna ask you a question, but I appreciate this again, my friend. Thank you very much. Always good to talk to you, Rick. Have a good day, man. You betcha. Garen Amy from Sellout Crowd, fantastic writer as well. And we heard some of his opinions. You'll hear some of this and see some of this all put up in our video coming up in a few minutes. It's 7.58 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That and the other studio is Bryce Saul's Plenty to Do in this last hour coming up. Remember, you can also find us not only here at the Blitz 1170, but at the Blitz1170.com and streaming at, right there at the Blitz1170.com. Our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. 
several things to read from Mick coming up in, the, in a few minutes. One of our questions is, do you still have a landline? The reason we ask is there was a note this morning about some things that baby boomers still spend money on that other generations, if you will, Gen X, Gen Y, Z, whatever, millennials don't. One of those was a landline, which surprised Bryce and I that anybody still has one, but we found someone who does, and they admitted it to us. We'll get that, and we'll uh, talk about some other things, including what Garen said about that Big Ten um, SEC thing. I want to kind of explain that to you. Also, I don't know if you saw or not, Michael Penix had uh, a moment, if you will, with Kellen DeBoer. And it was a moment, um, it was uncomfortable. And then later, if, again, if this is true, if what I saw was true, and I'll, I'll tell you what it was, and we'll tell you what we can research on it, it appears like maybe there were some interesting things happening at Washington this year when they were up there. All that I'll get to in a few moments. More in about the Pro Bowl coming up. First of all, I want to tell you about Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's commercial division and what Frank Sanders Jr. is about to do. Well, here's what they're about to do. Overhead Door Company of Tulsa is about to come way more than Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's commercial division. Now, when Frank Sanders Jr.'s father came here in 1966, he had been at Ada, and they said, hey, look, we need somebody to fix what's happening in Tulsa. He came up here, and he was working commercial doors. You know, the same thing as, or pardon me, he was working regular residential garage doors, just like you have and I have, right? And then they, you know, as the company went along, Mr. Sanders Sr. passed away, his mother, or his wife took over, and then when Frank Sanders Jr. took over, he realized, you know, this is something we really need to focus on commercial. So they started doing that and they split the company. Guess what? It's about to be back in one roof. That is right. Coming up, Overhead Door Company of Tulsa will just be Overhead Door Company of Tulsa, and you'll be able to find commercial and residential at the same place, all under one ownership, and that's the key, all under Frank Sanders Jr. and the Sanders family again. That means that if you're listening to me right now and you didn't have a commercial building and didn't care, guess what? Now you can have Frank Sanders Jr. and the same level of experience, the same number of years, 50-plus, of working in this market, the same kind of expertise that you can't find anywhere else right in your own garage. And I'm telling you, they, they put a, a door on ours, which is a scuba and, a, and garage adjacency there, and I will tell you it's the best thing we've done for that house, man. It is fantastic. It's spectacular. They'll put in the newer level, if you will, openers that you can work from your phone, you know, the keypads, you name it. And then if you just need anyone, including your garage door at home, redone, refurbished, you want a new opener so you can use the keypad, you want a new opener so you can use it from your phone, you want all that, they'll be able to do it for you. This is fantastic news. I mean, really fantastic news. It's all coming back under one roof, and that's really good news for Tulsa. So the same same people who do police and fire doors, doors at Amazon, doors at BOK, you name it, they're going to be able to do yours at home. All you're going to have to do is go to OverheadDoorCompanyTulsa.com. That's OverheadDoorCompanyTulsa.com, and you'll be able to find the Overhead Door Company of Tulsa. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder were able to beat the Toronto Raptors last night after two overtimes, 135 to 127. The Thunder overcame a 23-point deficit. Josh Giddy scored 24 points, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 23, and Chet and Lou Dort each had 22. Oklahoma City will be at Utah tomorrow night. 
And the Washington Commanders have filled their offensive coordinator vacancy as they'll be hiring former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury had just backed out of a possible deal to have the same position with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.